All right. What's going on, everybody? Brian Zimmerman here, executive editor of Jazz's Magazine and host of Jazz's Live. Welcome to another week of programming. It is Monday, October 12th. And with every Monday, you know what that means. It is Miles Monday, our favorite day of the week, the day we celebrate all things Miles Davis, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Miles Davis. We're going to be doing this, as always, uh, joined by my faithful co-host, Vince Wilburn Jr. That would be nephew of Miles Davis, Vince Wilburn Jr., uh, and a fantastic drummer in his own right, and a fantastic co-host in his own right. So he'll be here uh, in a minute. We're also going to be joined by today's special guest, actor, playwright, director, photographer, Ntare Guma Mbaho Mwine. Uh, you know him as the actor portraying Ronnie on Showtime's The Shy, uh, which at the moment happens to be one of like the great jazz soundtrack shows on TV. Uh, his other TV credits include Bosch, Bones, Treme, Heroes, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and his film credits include Blood Diamond, uh, which featured Leonardo DiCaprio, 40, and Queen of Katwe, most important for this show, though, he is a lover of all things Miles Davis. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about everything uh, with Ntare. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome my co-host, Vince Wilmer Jr. and Ntare Muine. Guys, you there? What's up, me? Hey. Thank you so much, Ntare, for being here. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's excellent to be talking to you. Happy Miles Monday. Happy Miles Monday. Yeah. Hey, so how do you how do you guys know each other? We I think we we met through our good mutual friend Elisa Gallant. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're kindred spirits because I've been I felt like a, a long lost relative of the, of the Miles Davis family. From the, uh, so you are we, family. Yeah, when we met. <laughs> I felt really a strong connection to him and uh, have been trailing this guy ever since. Very cool. That's such a cool. big fan, B. Yeah, awesome. So let's go there. Let's oh, actually, let's, before we get into the acting, um, I would love to hear about, you know, your first exposure to Miles Davis and to jazz in general. So, Intari, can you take me back to like when you were a kid growing up, what kind of music was in the house? And then when did Miles Davis enter the equ equation and what kind of impact did he have? Uh, we used to listen to uh, a lot of African music in the household um, and some jazz and um, pop, uh, Michael Jackson, all those guys. And, but I distinctly remember, and maybe you guys can help me track this down, the first time I ever heard and saw Miles was on Saturday Night Live. He performed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been trying to find this clip, this video, and I've never been able to track it down. But he I have, a, I have a copy. I can I can send you a copy. You told me that right. years ago, bro. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> People are watching now, Vince. We're holding you to it, man. You told me that years ago. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I promise. But now it's recorded. Hey, right, but remember, exactly. <laughs> but I remember he was um, he was like in a tank top. He just he, didn't, he wasn't facing the crowd, the camera. He was just playing, and I was like, "Who the hell? What the hell is going on?" Yeah. From that moment on, I just went and I looked up Jean Pierre uh, that that song. Is that yeah. the album? Is it Jean Pierre the album as well? Well, it was up. We want miles. Okay. The, the album, but Jean-Pierre is, is, is the track. Yeah, Jean-Pierre was the track that he played on Saturday Night Live. And got, that was my first album, and then from there went back to, you know, Gail Evans and all those classic, you know, Coltrane, and, and then I was just hooked. And for, you know, I've been hooked ever since. It's been, yeah. Very cool, man. That must have been what, 80s, mid, uh, late 80s? Late 80s. Yeah, late yeah. 80s. No, no. It was We Want Sorry, Miles. That might have been earlier because I was- We like, Want Miles. No, that was early. Yeah, mid, mid, mid 80s maybe. Okay, yeah. Because I was in grad school in 89 and I'd seen that before I was in school. So that was, yeah, it must have been mid, mid. But Vince should we know something. Yeah, We Want Miles was like 81, <laughs> 82, I think. Okay, yeah. that, that could have been right. Yeah, that's probably right. Because when he, when he was coming back on the on the scene again, 
Yeah. Because it was Man with the Horn, and then we went miles when he toured, started touring. Okay. And then I went to and performed live at the Lincoln Center. This is when I was wow. in grad school. Not, you know, I was a broke student. But what I year just, was that? What year was that, Atari? Now, sometime between 89 and, and 92. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right at the end. What was that like to see him live? I mean, I was a broke student. Yeah. I took every penny I had and bought like the best seat I could afford, which was like literally like, you know, within the first 20 rows or something. And uh, now I'm a photographer and I was like, yeah. man, I should bring my camera to take pictures or do something, you know? And I was like, what? I've been to some concerts where you come with your camera and they don't let you in and they'll kick you out. I was like, I don't want to be kicked out. So I literally just go and, uh, and watch. So I get there, I'm sitting in the row and as soon as the lights come down, it's like, Everyone in the row is like, <laughs> I was the only person there without a camera. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's, great, it's great acoustics in that hall, too. Yeah, it's great. Because I, I played there. Yeah, it's my, beautiful. A beautiful concert hall. Yeah. yeah. And so, there's no curtains. You walk yeah. right on the stage, and you're right on the stage. Yeah. Right. yeah. Backstage. Right. I myself. I kicked myself that I didn't, you know, get to take up a picture of myself of him. But uh, I had a great time. I got to see him live. Oh, we have beautiful. a mental picture. Yes. Yeah. And an acoustic one. Yeah, that was, yeah. was Mar so Marcus Miller was in that band, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, very cool. So it's, that's interesting that you started, you know, on that part of Miles and then worked your way back. Mm -hmm. You know, how far deep did your exploration go? Were you getting back to like the Charlie Parker, Birth of the Cool stuff? And yeah, you go I have almost yeah. every album of my, like, if you wow. ask me what my biggest, <laughs> my biggest collection, you know, if you ask what artist you have the most albums by, yeah, in your music collection, what, what would that be for you, Brian? It would a toss up. I'm a trumpet player, so it's a toss up, probably between Clifford Brown, Lee Morgan, and Miles Davis. Yeah, yeah. In my, in my library, there's no toss up. It's Miles. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. Right miles, on. Miles, miles, and miles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And so what, um, you know, because I, I assume you listen to a lot of jazz, you know, what was it about his sound that really struck you, you know, and, and captivated you? I think it's what touched everyone. It wasn't, I mean, I'm sure you've had many people on this before. He just had a way of sort of tapping into your soul, into your spirit. And uh, um, he, the birth of cool. Yeah. You know, he just took it he took it to another level and it's just like the opposite of, you know, the, the pendulum swings. So you went from Charlie Parker, you know, that rapid machine gun, like, and then he just took it to the other extreme of yeah. like playing between the notes almost, and, you yep. know, on the breath. Saying less with more. Yeah, exactly. So that or more me, with less. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That spoke for me, it spoke volumes for me, you know, as an artist, just, try to strive to do that as well very cool man this is this is an impossible thought experiment but let's say you're on a long drive you know and miles discography is kind of the radio dial you got a stretch of like four or five hours where do you tune in which part of the disc discography for a good solid listening chunk the early stuff the late stuff i'm, I'm <laughs> so, uh, an old fogey in terms of like the 50s you know, yeah really yeah or a classic time and it's hard to believe that's the 50s i know it's it just blows my mind when i saw the documentary i mean that was predating all the stuff that was about to come in the mid 60s you know like it's just crazy to see what these guys were doing like in the mid 50s it was just it's mind-blowing yeah i'm right there with you yeah because i think of that stuff as like like late much later but it's not because it sounds so advanced yeah and when you think it was just coming off the heels of bebop yeah you know yeah very cool i love all the the verb albums you're walking cookings steamings mm -hmm. that is that is absolutely my wheelhouse did you play an instrument in tarnate did you i wish i was yeah. miles freak i was i actually went out to i went out to poncho i bought a trumpet <laughs> <laughs> oh man i feel for you I never yeah. took lessons. I feel for my neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> and, did, you, did, you, did you play any scales or anything? I tried to play, but of course, it's just, you know, it's just a, it was a sad attempt. 
But I literally had a trumpet and a, and a mute and tried to try to imitate the sound, but you know, I never studied any any trumpet. Uh, it, it is an instrument that takes and takes and takes. It never gives. It's it's it is a tough one, and and Miles made it sound easy. It is not. It is yeah. not. Um, how about the acting uh, then? Where, when did your act for your interest in acting um, first develop? Was it kind of simultaneous with music? Uh, I think I did. Was I discovered Miles before I was acting? Wow. Yeah, because I was in. I think I was in. I think I was in. High school, possibly. Once we find, once Vince tells us the exact date of that live, then we'll be able to pinpoint where it was. Exactly. A lot riding on you, Vince. We need that tape, man. One more time. Say it again. Miles on Saturday Night Live. You know, that was that was actually in the documentary, a, a, bit, a bit of it. Yeah. So I want to say 82, 83, maybe. And let's throw it out there to the internet too. If anybody's yeah, watching yeah, and they know, right they can now. remember because, because if they've I, seen it, let us know I in the comments. I joined the band in 85, 84-85. So it was before that. All right, we're getting some research. Jeff is on it. He says October 17th, 1981. 81. Okay. 81. Perfect. Coming up on its anniversary, I guess. Yeah. October. Yes. Wow. wow. Yeah, so I was I was still in high school. Yeah, so I hadn't done any acting. I'd wanted to do some acting, but I was the only black kid in my school. Mm. And we were doing plays like The Diary of Anne Frank or The Crucible, right. and we're like, you know, you can run lights if you want. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> wow. You grew up in um, New England? Yes, I was okay. born in New Hampshire, but lived in Cambridge, Mass for a little bit, and the Berkshires. Um, then I went to Canada for high school in Quebec. And, um, and yeah. Went to undergrad in University of Virginia. So East Coast kid, now been in the West Coast for a while. Right. And was it just the classic movies, the TV shows you were watching that kind of, um, you know, led you to catch the acting bug? I don't know if it was that. It was just um, my mom exposed me to the arts at a young age. Mm. And we'd go see, you know, dance, puppet shows, and... You know, I was just always drawn to the storytelling, yeah, the magical world that you can create, you know, on a stage. And, uh, when I was more of a reserved kid, my mom it took me to an audition for this TV show called Zoom. I uh, know Zoom very well. Yeah, you know, Zoom, <laughs> Zoom, 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 yes. Zoom, 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 Zoom. Wow. <laughs> and so we went to this audition. You had to sit in a big circle. And we'd go around the room and everyone would tell a story about themselves. And they would ask you to say something. And they came to me and they go, okay, and today, can you tell us something about yourself? And I was just quiet. Hmm. Were, you, were you shy, Tade? I don't know what it was, but I didn't say a word. And they were like, okay, give me. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <Yeah. laughs> that was my first bomb of an audition. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wasn't the kid who was like, you know, front and center, like, hey. Yeah. Um, so I think that was something that, you know, I felt a kinship with Miles because he I was just about to say, yeah. He wasn't that, you know, flashy um, type of person as well. So yeah, he, not in his playing. Talk, he didn't talk yeah. a lot either. You know, he yeah. didn't talk, you know, only if he knew you and he felt comfortable around you. Yeah, yeah. Share, you know. I've been yeah. accused of the same. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Jeff has brought up season seven, episode three. Apparently, you can watch this thing online. There it is, 1981. Miles Davis is musical guest. Very cool. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff, can you put that in the chat? Put that in the chat, Jeff. But I'm still going to send it to you in 30. Okay, yeah. All right. So you have two copies. Okay. (laughs) Hey, man, I got a question. When you, when you, um, got into acting like like deep as you are now. Um, do you find a um, do you find it's like music? You know, you said it. You said it. You 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 refer to it as like. Um, oh, we talked about it before. Yeah, that it's like a, 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 it's art, 
but do you feel like you you when I see you work or when I when I check you out, it's like a musician, you know, it's like a a, a jazz artist, you know. Oh, thanks, bro. Uh, Improvise, but, but it's, of course you're studied and you're in your you know, but our mutual friend Frank Russell, the bassist, bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank worked with him in Chicago, and I remember he was jamming before rehearsal, like when we were rehearsals, and I remember he tells me the story how I went up to him and I was just amazed at how he was just flowing on the bass. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I want my acting to be like what you're doing. Uh, just to be able to flow. Cause you know, they say there's nothing, as Duke Ellington said famously, there's nothing like music to sway the masses. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why you find whatever greatest acting performance you are drawn to, you probably find that there's music was a major component of that. It's, yeah. it's parallel. the performance or whatever right. it was. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So I've always felt like um, that's been the, the carrot that's kept me trying to reach. I'm trying to grab that, you know, you know, that, you know the rabbit that the horse, the, the, the greyhounds chase on the track. That right. music for me. That's what it does. I remember right. when Miles did Miami Vice, he played a pimp, <laughs> Ivory. Uh, he did, and he did a crime story. And I, we did crime story in a, in a bar scene, but I was amazed on how natural he was. You know, mm -hmm. just when the camp, you know, when the light came on, he was in, you know, he was in character. He was chill with it. You know, yeah. you got to see, you got to see a couple of those clips too. Yeah. You know, but but you know, Don Johnson and and Phil Michael Thomas. And, mm -hmm. and I spoke, yeah, I spoke recently with Andy Garcia on this show. Okay. You know, okay. who is you know an actor and also a musician who plays in bands. Um, and he said when he's in with a good ensemble cast on a show, it feels like a jazz band. You know, it, mm -hmm. there's the same chemistry, you know, and there's that same, you know, more than just improvisation. It's just it's this certainty, this trust that I know the other people have my back will follow me. I'll follow them. Yeah. Um, I'm so, still yeah. blown away by the kind of group. Yeah. Can you, I just can't believe that's improvised like. I know. I just, I just don't understand. Can you? Maybe you guys have talked about this before, but Vince, can you just tell us just a little bit about that? Like, kind of because I understand it was improvised, but I can't. They had like they had a rough sketch or something. Or, no charts. No charts. You know, just, it's the biggest jazz record of all time. And 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 the, what you hear in, in this record is a, a lot of one or two takes. Wow. Kamaus hated to go three, four takes. Because he said you lose the spontaneity of, of the music, right? You know, so they talked it down, and and and, and a lot of times, Uncle Miles would, down. how did they? You know, well, it, it, was, it was called modal music. So he, you know, this is what I I, I remember him sharing with me. It's like sketches, mm -hmm. and and um, sometimes he would refer to music without without uh, manuscript as colors. You know, like in Thari, or Brian, I want you to think green. I want you, mm -hmm. uh, in Thari, I want you to think blue or, or orange. And that's all he would say. Yeah. You know, so you had to come up with this concept in your mind to see, well, what would green be like and apply it, no matter what instrument. But you all know? those tracks on that album, were they all recorded in that one session or were they different? I think, it was, I think it was two. Yeah, I think it was two days. sessions. Yeah. yeah. Two days. Yeah. But one or two takes. Of, 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 the, of that, that you know, amazing record. You know. I still listen to it every day. I know. I'm just... I, I listen to Blue and Green, you know, mm -hmm. Bill Evans. Oh, that yeah. is just heartbreakingly good. Right, yeah. Right. Oh, it's absolutely. The tone. It's the tone and the way Miles sings, you know, and, and feel with the chords. It, the whole band is like on fire. You know? mm -hmm. it, 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 it moves me, you know, it's, it's inspiring still. Yeah. You know, yeah, but, but you know, I know you said you you like the the fifties, and 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 coming from Bird and then into into Birth of the Cool. But you know, I get something out of all the all the records. Yeah, me you know, too. A, a, a little bit, you know. Yeah. A little bit of On the Corner, a little bit of yeah. Sketches of Spain, a little, you know. Don't you, Ryan? Don't you? Don't you guys agree? Yes. Absolutely, because there's a consistent voice. You know, there's miles from beginning to end, you know. So whether it's something like Tutu or Birth of the Cool or On the Corner or Walking, they're also incredibly different. And yet there's this singular voice of miles, you know. 
it, it was adaptable. It was flexible, but it's unmistakably Miles all the time. It's just such a unique voice, and it was so expressive as, of who he was as a human, you know, um, that, yeah, it, it, it's all meaningful. You know, it's all important. You, you know what's amazing, guys? I, I've, I've been in the studio with him, and we've, we've covered songs like What's Love Got to Do With It, Tina Turner. Yeah. We've covered, but we didn't release it. Uh, we, there's a, I have a, a dat of him doing Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin. Wow. wow. But his sound, you know, human nature, time after time, his sound, once he, once he puts his sound on it, it just, you know, he, he owns it, you mm-hmm. know. And all due respect to the composers and the artists that, that made the original song, you know. Yeah. Right. But right. he had a knack, uncanny knack for that, man. And so are we ever so gonna get? To, are we ever gonna get to hear those? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you hold them out for? Yeah. I'll bring them over to the man cave. Well, what do you hold them out for? They're not gonna let us. They're not gonna let us release. <laughs> you know, they're not gonna because, let because um, we did "Broken Wings" by a group called Mister Mister. So I'm I'm trying to get them to to put that out. Natural Woman has to be transferred because it was a sound check when he did that, and um, you know we'll, we'll take a visit. It's, it's it's up to the to the labels actually, right, right. you know. But I, I'd love to have like things that uh, music that no one's ever heard, you know, like yeah. the 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 the, the, uh, the uh, vault. The, yeah. The, the vault. Where's Where's the vault? Well, I can't say it on. on <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you. <laughs> hey, you could stop by any time. Yeah. I love, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and Tardy, you move. You did grad school in New York, right? Yeah, you, uh, yeah. Did you? Were you able to see Miles again, or because I imagine you were checking out the jazz scene there in in the mecca of jazz? Yeah. No, I just saw him that one time. Just that one time. Wow. And then he passed away. Yeah. I was in New York, and yeah, I remember it. It's distinctly exactly where I was when I heard the news and went in my car and drove and had like a so wild when you mourn for someone you never knew. <laughs> like Well, when they can touch you like that, yeah. you know, with their music, yeah. It's wild when that happens. Yeah. But yeah, it was like it was like a someone dear and close. Yeah. And Tari, that was that's what it was for a lot of people, a lot yeah. of different people, you know, all over the world. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You know, we still get letters, and, and you know, on his anniversary of his passing. Yeah, it's not just September twenty eighth. I mean, yeah. he's he's entombed in a crypt in in the Bronx, mm-hmm. in New York, and and people come and bring stones, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and put on top of the crypt, and you know, little notes and candles, and you know, he lives forever. Yeah. Well, he was how old, Vince, when, when he, he passed? passed away? He's sixty five. 65, you know, September 28th, 1991. Yeah, Yeah. it's tragic, you know. And everybody uh, knows where they were when when somebody close like that passes away. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, we can move, you know, because you mentioned, Antara, you mentioned how music kind of undergoods, undergirds, you know, good acting um, and good television. Um, You know, The Shy, Vince and I were talking about this, some of the best music on TV right now. Um, who 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 programs you? Who curates the music for that show? I have to look up the music supervisor. Uh, I don't know their name off the top of my head, but I, I've met him, and he's a great dude. They actually yeah. did a new person this last year, um, but I can look it up because it's beautiful music. You know, a lot of local hip hop, yeah. um, including my friend Nico Siegel, who does who has an excellent jazz hip hop band out of Chicago. Um, and then Vince, who is it that's playing trumpet for the soundtrack? Gabriel Johnson. Gabe. Gabriel Johnson. Yeah. 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 Gabe is My cousin Aaron used to manage him. Okay. Know? But uh, sad to say, he won't be on the. You know, they they uh, made him a different term. Oh, Derek yeah. Big Tank Thornton. Okay. Is that the? Is that the? Uh, that's the music supervisor. Okay. Shout out to him. Excellent mu- uh, music on this program. I mean, he's got the music of Chicago to work with, which is just Chicago. You know, Vince grew up there. I lived there for a few years. Yeah. One of the best music cities in the world, if you ask me. I was, I was telling Atari B that, that a lot of those scenes take me back. You know, yeah. I was going to ask you. You grew up, man. This was oh, your yeah, this man. was your yeah, city. That's the, that's the crib. 
as a representation, do they get it right? Do they get that Chicago oh, yeah, vibe yeah. right? Yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan. I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> yeah. Until Ronnie, until Ronnie was. Uh, I know. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> until Ronnie was. Yeah. And Barry Cole was the other music supervisor as well. Okay. okay. Uh, Shout yeah. out to Barry, too. But yeah, there was a great track at the end. For any of the, there was a great track when he got, when Ronnie met his, his maker. Yeah. I not remember the name of that song, but. A lot of people talked about that. Some of the great moments that people have always referred to, there's always a great song, just going yeah. back to the point, that was anchored to that scene or that moment. Uh, so all, all, all praise to the music gods. Yes, they, yes, they yes, lift, yes. They lift, yes. They lift yes. everything. I was watching a clip today. You were bringing your mother, Ethel, to the club she owned, Yeah. which had become a, I guess, a strip club. <laughs> um, and she's a doorman outside and she could hear like music coming from outside the club. Um, and she tells the doorman, she says, now you tell that band to put some more funk on it and stop trying to sound like Herbie. <laughs> right. And now, I was like, know, okay, somebody knows music. Yeah. You show. know who so, that was? What, what's her name? LaDonna? LaDonna Tittle? LaDonna Tittle was a big DJ in yeah. Chicago yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And so I'm like, when yeah. I'm looking at her, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> and then I, you know, did my research and yeah, LaDonna Tittle was, was like, you know, yeah. Really, it was, really super popular. That was a great moment. Yeah. The show, so authentic. And like I say, the writers, they know their stuff when it comes to music. Um, did you live in Chicago while you were filming? Yeah. We would be there for four, four months out of the year. It was okay. Amazing. Uh, wow. To be able to, to get to discover the city through the eyes of the show. And, you know, the first season we were sort of under the radar because the show hadn't aired. But then the second and third season for me, it was just like you couldn't couldn't walk a block without people stopping yeah. you recognizing you from the show. Did, because yeah. the show. Did, did you discover the Hulk? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know what the Hulk is, being? Oh, yeah, you live this year. I know the Hulk, the yeah. The Hulk, baby. Yeah. The Hulk can bite. Oh, yeah. yeah, luckily we didn't. We got out of there before the, the real hawk came. We usually, I think the last season we wrapped was first week of December, so it was just coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll get yeah. you. I was there for the polar vortex, negative uh, forty. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know 40. why were you there then. <laughs> I was going to grad school. Oh. I was we going to grad school. I was living on the north side. I was in the blues clubs like every night. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, we used yeah. to do gigs, man, and get off at like three in the morning. So you got to picture this: you have your drums, you have to light a key, light your car key, yes, and put the lighter to the door, to the to the lock of the door, heat that up, and then hopefully when you get in the car, it'll start. <laughs> yeah, it was that cold. Wow. Yeah. That's why the day. music's so good, though. You don't have anything else to do but just huddle up and and play the blues and drink. It's, you know, and the clubs there are iconic. Yeah, it's a lot of great, great musicians come out of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kirby, a lot of great music. Herbie. You hit up the Green Grace, Mill and Tari. Yeah, I was going everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I didn't have as much time as I would like, but yes, I would hit different clubs. Um, I don't remember the names of them, but there was a string of them. You know, within walking distance. Yeah. And you mentioned Ronnie, as you say, met his demise, season three. Now, how much notice, how much advance notice did they give you on something like this? Uh, I feel really lucky that they gave me an advance notice during okay. the season. So yeah. that actually helped make everything extra special. Because, you know, when you're, it's like finding, you're finding out you have a terminal illness. Yeah. And you, have, you only have three months left to live. So yeah. I, you know, it was great for me. Because I just went to do everything I could with the character and had fun and relished every moment that last season. Because um, yeah, sometimes they don't they don't give you a notice. You just find out. <laughs> right. You get the script. They're <laughs> like, yeah. The week of. Yeah. So I'm grateful that they, their producers had a had the courtesy to let me know. And, and you know, we all want to be able to say goodbye, have a, mem a memorable send off. And yeah. uh, sometimes the TV shows, sometimes the show can get canceled and you don't get a, full, a good ending. Or you don't know, you don't know how your character is going to end. But to have a memorable ending 
um, that's every actor's wish dream. So I felt like they gave me a really great, a great send off. And you don't, you're not going to, for anyone who watched the show, they weren't going to forget what happened. To and it was heart wrenching. I mean, Ronnie was just kind of turning his life around and, yeah. you know, yeah. came at the worst possible time. Yeah. That's the and deal you know, with Ronnie. We, yeah. Not and we were hanging yeah. out, man. And you yeah. didn't tell me you could. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell me a word. Yeah. That was the hard thing. That was but the hard thing. But take this. When Ronnie made, met his demise, that got to me. Wow. You know, really, really. And I'm sure it's got to a lot of uh, 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 fans of the show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, not Ronnie. I know. You know. A lot of people. Right, 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 Absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, Ronnie? I think and I now, you up a, a text. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of people that. I felt like I was consoling my, you know, a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, people really concerned for you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it's okay. He, he lives on a reruns. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm still show. here. Yeah. Here. There'll be another show coming out. So. <laughs> and what kind of prep or what kind of research do you do for that role? Only because I feel like it's such, unfortunately, an all too common kind of trope, you know, of a veteran who returns home, you know, and is kind of lost, has no resources, you know, and, and you know, is, is kind of left to his own devices. Were you talking to people? Were you, were you studying up? Or what kind of prep did you do? I did. I, Curtis Toller, who was uh, uh, an, an advisor on the show, and He's someone who had turned his life around, um, and he's someone who I really emulated in terms of the character. And he, and he, like that first season, I'd always show him the script and say, "Does this, does this sound authentic to you? Would you say anything different?" Or mm. and he was always on set, and I'd always uh, consult with him just to see if there's if I'm on the right track. And so he was really somebody I really lent, leaned on heavily, uh, and. Yeah, I was just hanging out with as many people Ronnie's age, you know. Uh, I mean, I never found someone quite the sense of trouble that he was in, but people who were sort of, you know, had ch- turned their lives around uh, were folks that I was trying to, to emulate and, and base his character on. Yeah. And you all, yeah. you have, you all had the, the people of Chicago down, you know, the, yes. what you emulated. It's like, Everybody had a Ronnie in their in their family, you know, growing up. You know, my next door neighbor was like that. In oh Chicago, wow! Up in Chicago. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, uh, I I love but, Chicago. But, I miss Chicago. It's a beautiful city too. Yeah. So to see it cinematographically, cinematographically, um, it's 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 a beautiful city, you know, yeah. architecturally, um, and you get some of those winter <laughs> scenes. It's it's a one of the unique landscapes of all America. Yeah. Before we leave the shy, did you have a favorite food spot in the city? It's a great food town as well. I did. <laughs> um, my favorite place was an Ethiopian restaurant called Ras Dashen. Yeah. Uh, way up uh, yeah. on the north side in Rogers yeah. Park? Yes. Yeah. Or it thereabouts? Is. I know it. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. one of, we have a mutual favorite place then, possibly. Absolutely. Because I lived in Lincoln Square on the north okay. side. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing. The food is really great. And it's because it's hybrid. They yeah. make like a fusion, like sort of, they take to traditional dishes, but then they have a sort of modern twist on them. And I went to my favorite Ethiopian place here in LA. And I said, well, I was in, I was in Chicago and they had this sweet potato with berry sauce. And, and they're like, that's not traditional. Because <laughs> 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 I was you trying know. to get them to make it. Yeah. <laughs> no, That's the Chicago way, though, you know? Yeah. You have a little bit of your own twist. Chicago on. style Ethiopian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Ross Dashen. Ross Dashen. We'll plug them, too. Yeah, beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm curious about some of the playwriting you've done because mm-hmm. I can only imagine, you know, just putting yourself, because your first play was a multimedia project solo show, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the early 2000s. Was that um, Brio? Bio. 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 B I R O. Bio. Okay. And that was and, the true story of a relative of mine. Wow. Mm, mm. I imagine that's a lot like going from, you know, playing in somebody else's ensemble. This is your band. You're writing the charts. 
you know, and your name is on the album. Yeah, uh, I've done a lot of new plays and um, had been fortunate to be like on the ground and some development of some new plays and working with playwrights and given input. So I felt like I had understood how to like develop these plays. And I was like, I want to try to write a play myself one day. It's like me yeah. trying to pick up the, the trumpet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, luckily, I had a little better luck with the, the writing, um, in part because I found my uncle who played an incredible story. But yeah, it was my first play I'd ever written, and it, it just, I ended up touring around the world with it for four years. It premiered at the National Theatre in Uganda. From there, it went to London, New York, Public Theatre, the New York Times Critics Picklist. And, and then I was just touring it internationally for like four years. And, yeah, it was a, a real blessing to be a part of. I've heard that writing dialogue is a lot like writing music, actually, you know, yeah. when you're dealing with rhythms and intonations and, you know, so I've heard of playwrights, you know, who go back and listen to Miles Davis and Frank Sinatra, you know, mm -hmm. people who were really experts of phrasing, mm -hmm. um, you know, because these are, this is prose poetry in a sense, you know, you're, you're trying to. Yeah, take especially, music. especially when it's a solo piece, too. Yeah, you really have to know how to carry and maintain the audience, and when to slow things down, when to pick things back up, when to it's really timing, timing, right? Timing, yeah. And was it your photography? Because I know it's a multimedia show. Was it your photography? Yes, it was my photography, and also the work of Chibate Aloysia Salongo, who was a Ugandan studio photographer, whose work I'm continuing to develop and making a documentary film about his work. He wow. passed away before I had promised him that I was going to you know, do an exhibit of his work or do a book or something, but he unfortunately passed away before I was able to do that. So now I've been going back to a village in Uganda and finding the people that he had photographed, the subjects he had photographed some 20, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, taking their portraits now in present day. And so wow. I want to do an exhibit featuring his old photographs alongside the ones that people I was able to take and make a film about that. And, uh, lucky enough to get Steven Soderbergh on board as executive producer. And so now we're just waiting for when it's safe to travel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. And, and that interest in photography, what sparked that? Was it work of a particular photographer or no, just you carrying your camera around? Yeah, we would, when we were, uh, my dad bought a Pentax Asahi camera to take pictures of me when I was born. Um, wow. And I ended up using that camera more than he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, uh, when we would go on family vacations, uh, everyone had like a camera. You know, those uh, Polaroids were big. Right. Um, when I was shooting with his um 35 millimeter Pentax Asahi I just fell in love with taking pictures just in part from being able to travel throughout Uganda being in these incredible locations where you know I just wanted to try to capture what I saw right that's what that's what inspired me are you a are you a film purist or do you uh I was for a long time but now you know I used to shoot with Ag for Scala film which of course mm -hmm. You, know, you can't find our process now, I think. We stopped making all that. Um, yeah, which was a black and white slide film. Right, um, wow. But yeah, it's just, you know, we've now switched that camera, the Pentax Asahi camera I shot. My dad bought it, and, and I shot with that up until the 2000s. So over, you know, 30, 40 years, but now, you buy a digital camera and you're lucky if it lasts for two or three years before another model comes out. I know. Whatever you had is obsolete. That's with digital everything these days. You know, it just doesn't, nothing is meant and built to last. To last, right. It's right. looked for the next update. That's how they hook you. Is yep. like, you know. And they change one little thing on you. So yeah. you can't use the old yeah. model. Oh the charger god. doesn't work. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, oh my god, it's such a racket. I was buying a new camera every like three years because, literally, there's two years from now, everything we're all jazzed about, <laughs> you know, 
it's just useless. I know. I know. And Film so what's going to now, but like what's going to happen like 50 years from now is like those files, we won't even be able to transfer them or like. Right, like, they're going to be unre unreadable. Yeah, unreadable. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, I have my old film and negative stuff that I can still hold up, look, take to a lab, make a print. Forever. I literally have some files or even old drives that the old drives can't hook up to my new computer because the right. cable, don't, they don't even make the same right. cable adapter. And I still have files where the new whatever photo software is not reading some old. Right. It has to be converted. Right. So and you you yeah. wonder how like that photo of Dexter Gordon with the smoke curling, you know, how it would look on digital. Probably yeah. not the same, um, you know, yeah. so, and I'm, sh I'm sure you're an admirer of all that. Uh, who is that? Francis Wolf, you yeah. know, Abilene Blue Note yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I just feel like, uh, um, I don't know, man. I don't know how. Yeah. Like when you record now, Vince, how is it for you in the studio? Like. I mean, and in a way it makes things a lot easier because now when I want to find a file, I'm not going through all my negatives and like trying to hold them up. I can just go through the date, whatever. Just, yeah. It's easy to scroll through 500 photos or 500. But when I'm going through my negatives, that's impossible. Like I have pictures that I'm like, it's going to take me a month to try to find those. <laughs> like, like you said, Charlie, I'm, I'm like steadily updating. Yeah. Updating, updating. I just spent a grip of money updating Pro Tools, uh -huh. updating the, the Apple the screen. And, and, yeah. And But I have a lot of music on ADATs. Uh -huh. You know, a lot of music on DATs. So the yeah, transfers. transfers. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. I, luckily, I kept my ADAT machines and I still have my ADAT, I mean, my uh, DAT recorder, DAT player, you know. So you can't even buy a, um, a CD anymore right i know, so, you know yeah like do you miss cutting tape though i mean do you miss being in there with the tape oh hell yeah yeah, yeah. wow you know who was great at that tio macero oh of course legendary yeah. producer they produced all the uh, work with uncle miles mm -hmm. i call him the human pro tools because <laughs> you know? he would he would know where to splice and where to 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 cut and oh he was a monster with that he was so incredibly talented with that yeah he just I did Mitch's Brewing and, you know, a bunch of those, those, those iconic records. Yeah. You know? They did get me on Miles and stuff, too, because, you know, I was really remastered. <laughs> I was yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> I was like, right. I have the album, but now i got to get the other one where it's newly remastered. <laughs> right. well, you know, he was mad at us because Aaron and I, my cousin, we decided to release, like, outtakes. Yeah. And he was like, he cursed us out, man. He's like, you know, you don't give away the... the, the you know my secrets, <laughs> but we we figured the fans would like, love to hear, you know, different starts and stuff to 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 different records, you know, different songs on, on to hear with, the process. With, with the yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, behind the scenes, we I've heard Tony Williams playing Temple Blocks. I, I, I've i I've said this before, shared this before, and to me as a drummer or to to a musician, that's amazing yeah. to hear Tony playing Temple Blocks. You know, yeah. starts and stops, and 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 Herbie was the first time Herbie ever played uh, Fender Rose was with Miles. You know, you know, he said, "Play that." It was in the corner. <laughs> you know? So, things like that. You know, you 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 have to, you know, we we have to change with the times. But I'm an old head. I love I love the tape, and I love that, yeah. and I love that sound. It's warm, you know. Yeah. But. Here we're, we are. We're giving our way our age. We're talking about stuff. Some people are like, what? What's a dat? Man, I'm like, when they, when they told me I had to come up to Pro Tools to, to the, I think it was 11 now or something. <laughs> I think I was at six. <laughs> I was like, what? What? So but then you, sometimes they get you because, yeah, you update it. And then whatever other stuff stuff you had on your computer is not working. Oh, no, you got to get rid of all of that. Yeah, all of that, all of that. You got to get a new new computer, you know, <laughs> right? New screen, yeah, and, and, and new outboard gear. I wish I could turn this this camera around, but I had to buy all new stuff, you know. Because everybody, if you want to be compatible with all the studios, yeah, and other musicians with home studios, you got to update. And you're gonna have to do that in a few more years, bro. Sorry, a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, flip open a brownie camera will still work. You know, yeah, you know, right. stuff still was built to last. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Antari, man, I know this is of the Miles Davis Miles Monday show, but I would love to hear about other stuff you've been listening to or other stuff you just dig in general. Um, you know, so you know, just we could kind of get a better sense of the music you're listening to at the moment. Uh, Afro pop. Yeah, man. Listen to a lot of Afro pop. Burner Boy. Uh, and my kid is into Burner Boy. Like she just loves uh, all of this stuff. Uh, who is this other person? I gotta look out, look him up. Basically, I have a I have a three and a half year old daughter. So okay, so do I. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, she's gonna turn four in December. Oh great. Mine so, yeah. is listening. Mine's not listening to Burner Boy though. She's listening to. <laughs> she's listening to. She got stuck on. She's on a like a jolly a Dolly Parton jag, except uh, she calls her Jolly Curtain. So oh, I'm listening to a lot of Jolly Curtain. I should get her on to Burner Boy though. <laughs> um, yeah, Burner Boy. Uh, I'm trying to listen to. Her first favorite song was. I'm trying to look it up. Was um, it, See Me. Okay. My, this, I think she's Nigerian. Oh, it, was, it was like a year, and I never replayed that song. She was just like, oh, light up. The, mu oh, the music you shared when you came on Evolution, uh, when you came on um, for the radio show, Evolution of the Groove, man, you would, you would, we would DJ, you would call us some amazing records, man. Oh, thank you, bro. You know, you know I got to get that list. Yeah, man. And who else is in your jazz? Africando, which mixes African and jazz, like oh, okay. Africando. I was going to ask, like, who is who else is in your jazz library? We know Miles is the top number one most played on iTunes in Antares iTunes. Who else is in your ecosystem? Not iTunes. I have the CDs. Okay, hey, right on, man. <laughs> Still have like yes. CDs. CDs. Yeah. What what are CDs? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's now. Yeah. This this will show you how much of a jazz fanatic I've been because my son, uh, we named after Coltrane. Wow. Um, named Coltrane. So yeah, I've been. That just goes to show you. Yeah. So. You have any vinyl? Is that it? I I had vinyl, but you know, in all my moves, I let it go. I don't have a turntable anymore. Um, but it. we listened to Coltrane's. We listened to Coltrane's "Love Supreme" when my daughter was born. Mm. Uh, uh, of course, in the second ones, you don't even have a playlist. You just like <laughs> <laughs> the show must go on. Exactly. Yeah. We'll just name him Coltrane. Right. 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 <laughs> wow. We had a whole playlist for our first child's birth. <laughs> yeah. So do we. So do we. Yeah. Very cool, so man. Well, Antar, what's that? You have a second child as well. I do. Yeah, two daughters. Oh, great. Yeah, a, a three-year-old going to be four in December and an 11-month-old. Oh, we're not far one up. next month. Yeah. yeah we're close because, yeah, my daughter will be uh, four in February, and my son is like 17 months. Yeah. Okay, so you haven't slept in four years either then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're in the yeah, same boat. Vince was like, man, I can't sleep. I'm not getting much sleep. How are you doing with the sleep? I was like, Vince. <laughs> I got two kids, man. I never sleep. Yeah. No, but it's great. And it's great. To, my, my oldest especially loves music. She's mm -hmm. got this brain for absorbing lyrics mm -hmm. um, and loves to sing, loves to dance, loves to play drums, oh, loves wow. to play guitar. So, and just like, huh? We got a little, we got some plastic drums. I'm no, I'm not going to invest in the full one yet. Uh, my yeah, but they have those, those, you know, those ones those, that are mad. Yeah. 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 We got my daughter one of those. And she oh, very cool. Love it. Well, just like you said about your mom encouraging, you know, this love for the arts, yeah. you know, it's so important. It's so yeah. important now that you're oh, seeing, yeah. you know, it's stripped away from schools and stuff and, yeah. you know, community after school programs. You know, that's where it starts. So yeah. it's Jolly Curtain, a little bit of Burner Boy. We're going to, you know, <laughs> make it a party. Yeah. It's all right, man. This, this has been awesome. I, this has been awesome talking to you um, about Miles, about the shy, about little of this, little of that. Um, Really appreciate this, man. No, thank you guys for having me on a Miles Monday. Now I've checked off my my list. <laughs> Very you know, cool, man. I can't be a Miles Davis fan. I'm not Family. making way to Miles Monday. Family, <laughs> Family. man. Vince's got it. 
It's like going to Mecca. We gotta, that's right. We gotta hook you up we now. Yeah, we'll say it with the swag. We gotta hook you up. Yeah, this is look, mine's up. missing something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna hook you up, brother. All right. Yeah, and in man, if people wanted to follow along, see what's maybe coming up next year, what's the best place for them to do that? Uh, I'm really bad on the, the social media stuff, I must confess, but I, I'm on Instagram at Beware of Time, my Instagram handle. Um, on Facebook is under my name, and Tare Kumambaho, my name. And on Twitter is Beware of Time, but I, I rarely. I rarely am on there, so. Uh, but if something big breaks up, I'll, I'll be putting it up there. Yeah. Right on, man. We'll be looking forward to it. No, All right, Atari. We are going to say goodbye. We'll see you backstage. We're going to sign off with people watching at home. Which Miles Davis album are you going to spin as soon as we hang up here? Oh, wow. <clears throat> Not just one. I'm just going to be playing Miles all the rest of today. There you go, man. Hey, man. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Thank you, gentlemen. A pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Happy Miles Monday. Happy yes, Miles Monday yeah. to you, too. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Peace. I know. What an awesome yeah, dude. What an yeah, awesome yeah. dude, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That dude knows his stuff, loves music. You can tell he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Man. And he's warm, you know? He's yes, warm. yes. Warm cat. Absolutely. Thanks for hooking yeah. that up, man. Uh, yeah. That really enjoyed that conversation. Um, and like we say, we did some sleuthing with that SNL episode, so maybe we'll put some links to that when we post it on our website. Vince, the merch, as always, milesdavis.com. That's where you can pick that's it right. up. Shopping. Our That's right. Our uh, fall 2020 issue on uh, it's mailed to subscribers. Now it's all about the art of the album. We talked about that love for real vinyl. That's what this issue celebrates. The stories are up on our website. You need a subscription to read them, but you can subscribe right now for 99 cents per month. That's it. Uh, Vince, who do we got coming up next week? Oh, we're going to be speaking with the Potash Twins. Potash Twins. Yeah, they were just on, um, um, I saw them the other day on Kelly Clarkson. That's right. These are rising star food celebrities, celebrity chefs. They're doing the Food Network circuit, the Bravo circuit, all that stuff. And they happen to be amazing jazz musicians. So we're going to be talking to them about, you know, Miles and Miles' love for good cooking and good cuisine. So that should be a cool episode. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, man. Vince, another great great Miles Monday, man. (laughs) All right, Vince, you you have a great week, man. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Yeah, man, you too, B. Love to the family, huh? Absolutely, man. And everyone out there, wear your mask. And we got a we got an election coming up too. So that's right. Get, Vote. Get to, if you're not voting by mail, come on out. Make it happen. You know, make it happen. All right, Vince. So long Love to you, you man. Take care, brother. See you, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Bye Jeff. Now. <laughs>